0: You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast, where we celebrate vulnerability and shameless living. No topic is off limits when you're chatting with your besties. Let's own our worth and walk empowered towards truth together. What's up, everyone? We are back. Yes. Episode two, coming at you. First of all, we want to say thank you for the amazing response that we got on the first episode
1: oh my gosh I know we we just totally winged it too we literally did not put any planning into it yeah and we've gotten so much good feedback and support so thank you guys so much
0: yeah That's um really awesome. and thanks for sharing um on it okay first of all let me just go back the first episode I said um like six thousand times <laughs> and I've I'm gonna work on it this time, but I just know it's coming, and I are, have already said it like three times in the beginning. So
1: it's hard not to.
0: Yeah, that's my that and like I say all the time. Okay, so <laughs> I, just really say, um. I just wanted to say, um, I just wanted to say I'm a good.
1: Just take a deep breath every time you want to say okay. um or just like pause. But I think this podcast is gonna help us with our speech our
0: public speaking skills yes all the future public speaking that we will be doing yes (laughs) um oh shoot (laughs) i just said it again (laughs) okay what i wanted to say was we have a heart and soul podcast instagram now Mm -hmm. um so go follow us at heart a-n-d-s-o-l-e podcast on instagram and we'll be sharing different things going around Wilmington, going on around Wilmington, and then some fitness stuff, and then also just um, updates on the podcast. So please give that a follow. And when you share on Instagram, go ahead and give it a mention so we can get some, uh, you know, follow us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we are going to mix it up a little bit this week. We have a really cool interview coming in later um, with Rebecca Anderson, and we'll talk more about that later. But um, we are going to be kicking it off with our happies and crappies of the week. So some people call it highs and lows. I call it happies and crappies because it's funnier and cuter. I like it. So that's what and we're going rhymes. with. And it rhymes. So Chelsea, what you got for me? What's your happy? Mm.
1: So lots of happies this week. Almost so to the point where I literally couldn't even think of a crappy, which is really great. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Um. <laughs> So, let's see. Last week, Catherine and I got two really new, awesome clients with our branding business that we have together, so that was a victory last week. Yeah, yeah. And then, actually, this Monday, I already accomplished one of my 2019 goals, which Holla. was to plan and shoot my own styled shoot, um, and it went, went really, really well. If you guys don't know what a styled shoot is, it's kind of like when... You put on almost like a fake wedding, um, collaborating with different vendors in the area, from a florist to rental companies. You have a fake bride and groom. Everyone gets all dressed up. Catherine was one of my bridesmaids. Thanks for being a part. <laughs> Always a bridesmaid. <laughs> Once, one time a bride. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, hair and makeup artists, everything like that, and it was really, really fun. It was yeah. very cold, but um, I'm really happy with how the outcome.
0: Yeah, out, it was so, so fun. You did, you time. killed it. Thank
1: you. Yeah. appreciate that. So, yeah, in terms of crappies, I literally couldn't think of any,
0: so. Well, that's a good thing. That's a good problem to have. I know.
1: If only that was every week, but
0: um, what about for you? Well, my crappies, I'm just going to start with that, is it's freaking freezing in Wilmington. True. Um. So... I just started, well, okay, I'm training for a half marathon in March, and I didn't realize that it's only, like, 30 days away. Shoo, girl. So, I, didn't I, know that either. yeah, so, well, I didn't know it was only, for some reason in my mind, I was like, oh, I've got, like, four months to train, but I don't. Mm. Um, so, this week, I was planning on, well, I started training last week, like, running more, and this week, I was planning on keeping it going, but I have not ran once this week because it's so cold. Which is such a first world problem because we live on the coast and it's only like 35 degrees in the morning. But that is freezing in my book. I'm from Texas.
1: Especially when you're running. I hate that feeling. It gives your lungs when you run in the cold. Yes. I guess um, some people get used to it. but
0: Yeah, so that's my crappy. My happies are um, – this podcast is my yes. is my number one happy because I'm just like so overwhelmed with the feedback we've gotten and with the amount of listens we've gotten and like this has been a dream of mine for seriously so long and the fact that God is just doing it and like exceeding our expectations I'm just so overwhelmed and I'm grateful for this podcast so that's definitely a happy and then yeah our our branding business is really kicking off and I'm pumped about our future clients that we've got going on and
1: same Good stuff. Yeah. I we've just been on this, like, high
0: the last time. I know. We were just talking the other day, like, you ever feel like when everything's going right, you're like, what's going to crash yes. and burn? Like, when it's is it coming? It's like, a scary
1: feeling, but also
0: amazing. Yeah. Like,
1: I want to just bask in this awesome time, but it's like, oh, gosh, something's yeah. going to go wrong it's at like... some point. I guess, I don't know. It's hard to not think that way. Yeah.
0: Well, we're just going to think positive, though. Yes. Um, Speaking of Happies, we have this group that meets every Tuesday night at my house, Mm -hmm. and we watch The Bachelor. Now, let me just give you a background on this. I've watched every single season of The Bachelor since its conception, and I was probably like, what, 12? (laughs) I think it's been on for like... It's been on a long time. I, I think I was like 14. I think I was a freshman in high school, so I've watched a lot of seasons, Um. Last night, I was at Axis Yoga, shout out, and I was talking to our dear friend Macy, who's a part of our Bachelor group, asking her if she was going to be coming to Bachelor night this week because she's important to the crew. (laughs) Um, And this guy who I know very well goes, you watch The Bachelor? And I was like, duh. I don't just watch The Bachelor. I feel like I'm a part of The Bachelor. (laughs) And he was like, I just wouldn't pin you for someone who watches The Bachelor. You're like this Good old Christian girl. And I was like, hold up. (laughs) Hold up. First of all, we've all got our vices. And this is mine. And I listen to every single podcast that The Bachelor puts out. I we have a bracket going for Mm -hmm. The
1: Bachelor. I won it last night, FYI. Yeah, she won. She
0: won. I'm a little bitter. (laughs) I've applied for The Bachelor twice, pre-marriage, don't worry, Michael. Um, (laughs) and I didn't get in. So maybe I'm a little bitter about that. But I'm just really invested in this show. It is a total crazy town. So, like, we know it's we know it's insane. I realize it's not reality, but mm-hmm. it is. It is sucks you in. So entertaining. So, um, Chelsea, why don't you tell them a little bit about our bachelor group? Um, yeah. So basically, we get together on
1: <laughs> Tuesday nights so that we can watch it the next day without commercials. So if you ever see us on a Tuesday after. It's aired on Monday night. Please don't don't spoil, um, spoil anything it for us because we have this legit bracket thing going, and we all want to stay honest in this, in this game that we're playing.
0: Yes. Stay what true. does the winner get? Wine. The winner gets wine, and I think they get to pick the restaurant that we all go to after the finale. Ooh,
1: that's good. Yeah, I like that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. And then last night, our friend Lara brought her little son, who's seven, and he gave us all a rose. Oh but my gosh, you
0: guys! He came with a bouquet of roses and individually picked them out. Handed them to all of the women here and said, Will you accept my rose? Ugh. Melted. Um, so
1: yeah, that's what we've been doing. Two weeks. So somehow. who are
0: who are your um who are your top picks, top picks for this season?
1: So honestly, I've I don't really I'm not really into the bachelor much, but <gasps> this has sucked me in. Uh, she she doesn't know. She doesn't know yet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> She'll learn. I used to watch it when I was younger and then like we just don't have cable anymore, so I'm actually grateful to you for getting me back into it because it's been really a lot of fun. You're welcome. So anyway, that's just a disclaimer. I am thinking Hannah G is going all the way. I think she's going to win. I just love her. She's so cute and sincere and she's like not getting into any of the drama or anything like that. Yeah, she is cute. Um, Who do I have as my number two? Cassie.
0: Love Cassie.
1: And then I think KDM, Elise, and Kaylin are making it to top five.
0: Yeah, Elise was like a... Like a surprising... Surprise. I thought she was going home night one. I didn't even write her on my bracket.
1: He likes her. But he
0: likes her. He even used the word sexy about her. Mm. So he's attracted. Yeah, I'm with you. I wish... I wish... (laughs) I wish Cassie would win. (laughs) I really wish Cassie would win, but I think she's going to get second. Which is a good thing, because she'll be Bachelorette. Yeah. And then we can watch her season. I'll
1: be excited for that. But who knows? Who knows? We'll see. Who knows?
0: You know, about it could be go. the most dramatic season yet. <laughs> um, okay, so we have a really cool guest coming on. Yes, shortly. Do.
1: I am so pumped about this. Yeah,
0: so we'll just do a little intro for her. Um, we just got a new client a couple weeks ago, and she is one of them. She runs this ministry called Five Fourteen Revolution. And we actually got connected with her through Missy O'Hare. So if you don't know either of these two organizations, we definitely encourage you to follow them because um, they're just making big moves in Wilmington and really changing the world. Like they're they're moving and shaking and making a difference in this mm-hmm. community and, and beyond. But she works in the um, – I think she calls it – what is she – We would call it human trafficking industry, but she calls it something different. So when she gets here, we'll ask her. Um, But essentially, she helps these women who are maybe still in um, human trafficking or prostitution or some sort of sex for trade Mm -hmm. industry. And she um, supplies them with supplies, with prayer, with um, resources to kind of take that step out of that lifestyle and um, start re like putting pressing Risa on their lives and changing and making it uh like making a difference in their lives like she is in this every single day and we had the opportunity to volunteer with her on Saturday which was another happy yeah um well, and crappy cuz you just learn so heavy. it was heavy
1: It's a really heavy day.
0: Um but yeah we got to meet some of these women and see Rebecca in action and she is So, like, her love is so powerful. She really does show the love of Jesus to these women, and she is just filled with grace and so many stories and so much history, so we're really excited to um, talk with her today and kind of get a little bit deeper into what she does day to day. Absolutely. Well, look who just walked into the studio.
2: Good morning, guys.
0: (laughs) Just kidding. We're uh, actually recording this at my kitchen table and we're all three on one mic, so we're, we're getting really close <laughs> right together. now.
2: Super cozy. Yeah. This morning. Coffee yeah. breath
0: and all. Coffee <laughs> breath and all. Um, we've got Rebecca Anderson here, and we're so pumped to start this conversation and get to know you a little bit better. So thanks for coming.
2: Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me over. Yeah. I feel like been
1: bouncing from house to house this morning.
0: I know, <laughs> you girl. Really appreciate it so
1: much. After we met and talked on Saturday. I looked at Catherine, and I was like, we need her on the podcast yeah. immediately. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So we're so excited to have you here. Well, Thank you a, so much. It's an honor to participate. So. Awesome. Yeah. And you're our first guest. I know. Oh, wow. That's yeah, like, this that's... is like a big deal. Okay. <laughs> I mean,
0: we're pros, but like, yeah. you're our first guest. second. So yeah.
1: so. <laughs> kind of a big deal. So, um, So, yeah, we kind of want to just... Let the conversation flow, but we definitely have some core questions that we want this to stem from. Okay. So first off, why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are as a person?
2: As a per- oh wow, okay. and then kind of
1: how you got into doing what you're doing today? Okay.
2: Um, I as a person, I'm a mom, I'm a wife. Um, I've been married to my husband for almost eight years, and we have a three-year-old son, Joshua, who is um just the light of my life, and also like sometimes. The greatest frustration of my life. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> let's, let's be real. Um, but he, um, so yeah, I'm, I do that. And um, when I went to college, I majored in political science. And I thought, I want to be um, this person that runs like big campaigns and, and things like that. And so political science seems the natural track to do that. Um, I graduated and I went to work for a congressman, spent a lot of, spent about 10 years working for like members on the House side and then on the Senate side. And um, one day the Lord said to me, he said, and I'm kind of like just jumping right into this, but he said, so what's going to bring the kingdom of God to earth? Like, is it going to be policy and legislation? And yes, there's a place for that, like Mm -hmm. in the world. Or is it going to just be the way that you love your neighbor? And I mean, I heard that so just crystal clear. And Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, well, because it was such a very different just way that I had been for such a long time. Like when my husband met me, he he jokes that I was like Miss Republican because (laughs) I had on this like Argyle sweater and I was just very buttoned up. And you know, it was like things were black and white for Mm -hmm. me. And the more that I, the the Lord like really drew me in to who he was. I could see like that things were not quite so black and white Mm -hmm. all the time. And, um, I found myself wanting to get out of my comfort zone and, um, and love the person beside me that may be different from me, but was so very worthy of love because he loved me. Doesn't, you know. Yeah. yeah. totally love that. So, um, I am now the executive director of a small nonprofit in town called 514 Revolution. And, um, the mission of that organization is to um, prevent human trafficking and sexual exploitation of women um, by encountering by encountering them and and have introducing them to God's hope, healing, and freedom. Um, we don't believe that this issue can ever be eradicated without Jesus. Um, Five fourteen was started about seven years ago now by a woman named Erin Blair, and some of your listeners probably know who she is. Um, She and her husband ended up moving to Tampa to plant a church, but Erin watched uh, the movie Nefarious Merchant of Souls, which is a film about human trafficking that Exodus Cry um, has put out. And if if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend watching it. It's probably one of my favorite trafficking documentaries because some of them can be so heavy, and you watch them and you're like, oh my gosh, this is a horrible problem, like what do I do mm-hmm. about this, and nefarious just really leaves you feeling very hopeful at the end, which I think is, um, like, you know, this this issue can be solved, it can be addressed, but mm-hmm. it cannot be done without without God. Um, and Aaron and, and Matt watched that, and they decided they wanted to um, start an organization to raise awareness about trafficking in our community, and so that's how 514 was birthed and then when they moved to Tampa to plant their church, she came to me and she said, I think that you are the one to take it over. And I had been feeling like I wanted to to leave my job but I didn't know what was the next thing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's really hard sometimes when you have this dream inside of you and you and you'll go to your husband and you'll say, I feel like this is what God's calling me to do. And he's like, "Ah." (laughs) (laughs) huh? You know, and so I kind of had to sit on that for almost a year. Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, 514 was still very small. Um, we would go. And at that time, what we were doing primarily our ministry looked like we were going into the strip clubs in Wilmington and just loving on women there because the honest truth is that those women are not necessarily beating down the doors of our church, um, right. and so we felt like it was important to take God's love into those places. Um, not only that, but we also know that just by nature of things, are very vulnerable to sexual exploitation and human trafficking, um, so we did that for about four years, but a, a year into that, my husband finally decided, I just came to him one day, and I said, I this thing, I believe God wants it to grow and I can't grow it on my lunch hour.
0: Mm, right. Um,
2: and he was, you know, very supportive of me leaving my job to jump into full-time sort of nonprofit ministry work. Um, and the week that I was supposed to be my last week at work, I also found out I was pregnant.
0: Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a twist.
2: Um, so I was like, oh, okay. It's not. It's not going to look like what I thought it would you know because I thought I'd be like raising money and banging down doors and just you know really getting after it and um and so yeah it's it's been very different but it's been what God has had in mind all along and so that's why we're only in the office two days a week because we're raising small people um Mm -hmm. the rest of the week but that's I think in a nutshell kind of who I am and how I got
1: yeah that's awesome that's such a cool story too and just a testament of. Trusting the yeah. bigger plan.
2: Well, yes, I have a hard time with yeah. that. Still,
1: but <laughs> we all do. I For think. each, yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> um, well, thank you. That was awesome. Uh, perfect introduction. So, I figured we'd also just start off with something that I actually asked you the other day because okay. I feel like. The general public or most people that I have conversations about human trafficking with, there's kind of this stigma around what it actually means and what it actually
0: is. Right. I think a lot of people think, like Catherine was saying to me before. Yeah, like, like, I think a lot of people think, like, it's, like, Taken. You know, the movie Taken with Liam Neeson. they are They're like,
1: kidnapped and, like, put in these crazy situations. Yeah, like, listen, and... I'm going to take you. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm going <laughs> to take yeah, you. Exactly. <laughs> so,
0: but... On
1: the contrary, it's actually a lot more prevalent and more common, right? Right,
2: right. So the the legal classical definition of human trafficking, um, in order for it to be a um, prosecutorial offense or crime, is that you have to be able to prove fraud force or coercion. Um, Somebody has tricked you into doing a job that you didn't think you were signing up for or um, you have been forced to do it, you've been coerced because... um, People are holding your documents. People are holding things over your head. That sort of thing. Um, but the reality is that in our community, it—if um, you know what to look for—you see it everywhere. Um, and frequently, um, trafficking, sexual exploitation um, is is simply the act of prostitution. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, the women that we see are um, prostituting themselves purely out of survival. They don't have um, maybe a roof over their head. Um, they might be bouncing from one hotel to the other, and they're working to feed their addiction. I mean, we know that Wilmington, in Wilmington we have um, a major opioid crisis going on right now. Um, I feel like I'm losing my train of thought a little bit. but um, So th- there, is, there is that element to it, and certainly there are, um, I think, in the United States, in Wilmington, it's a much more domestic issue than we realize um, where a girl might get into a situation with a guy and she thinks he's her boyfriend. And the next thing that she knows, he's asking her, he's telling her, you know, well, if you'll just do this, you know, we could make extra money and we could do this. And mm-hmm. before she realizes that she's been pimped out right. and she's doing it out of love and loyalty to him. um, but that in itself is the definition of trafficking.
1: Right, um, that makes so much more sense, and it's
2: right. It's it's not. It's I think people like to think like it's people coming from foreign countries yeah. being smuggled into the exactly, country yeah. and forced to work against their will, and and that certainly is an issue um, in massage parlors, which are very difficult to penetrate. Um, but on a greater scale, it, it, it is a domestic issue with American women, um, teenagers women in their early 20s that are um,
1: trapped in a situation due to their circumstances. Right. So other than, you know, seeing some of the people on the street or around town where you, it's pretty obvious, mm-hmm. what are some signs that you can look out for for the ones that might not be as easy to notice? Yeah. Hmm. Um,
2: it depends on where you are, I would say. Um, if you... I'm trying to think of a, like a, a way to paint a good picture of it um, and there are two different definitions of trafficking like there's labor trafficking and there's sex trafficking some of the major ones are always like th- this person doesn't have um, kind of control over their comings and goings they don't have um, maybe a telephone that is that they operate in their possession they don't have um, their ID they don't have any money of their own for mm-hmm. some reason a lot of times you will see women um, branded in some kind of way. So tattoos that, um, mm, I know that. A- along the neck, along the side of the neck, um, right here, kind of along the, like over the heart, that area. Um, sometimes wow. that might be Roman numerals, um, names, initials. You know, it's so like when we would go into the clubs, that was something that we looked at quite a lot was um, what, what does this tattoo mean? and you know, what's the significance of it, that sort of thing. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, lack of eye contact. If, if a person doesn't know where they are, mm-hmm. um, that would be a huge indicator. You know, like, I can't tell you how long I've been in Wilmington. I don't know where I'm staying. Mm-hmm. Those sort of things. And those are, you know, the longer, that the more questions that you ask, um, the more information you can try to pull out of people if you know what the right questions mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Um and when we would, when we visit the clubs or when we encounter a woman from the streets, I'm always trying to figure out where she's staying, um, and if she's working, is she working on her own? Does she have? And I might just ask her, like, do you have a do you have a boyfriend in the picture? Like those kind of things. Um, are you in control of your finances? Do you have your own? Are you in possession of your ID card? And given her answers, then I can kind of discern okay like this is these are red flags and um and she might just be working on her own to to feed her habit which is something that we see quite
1: frequently along market street mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay um and then i guess i was actually talking about your um, ministry to a couple of people yeah. at worked the other day and everyone had so many different questions um, so I think they're all gonna be really excited to listen yeah. to this yeah not that it's an easy topic to listen right. to but I think everyone's really intrigued and to know that it's so prevalent in our community and they want to know how they can help I guess so right can you explain I guess what in particular your um, mission does to help these women like what is step one if someone comes in and they're like I want out I know this doesn't happen right away but
2: Right, and that's that's the hard part. Is that so much of what we see in our office, in particular, is is probably exploitation, prostitution, coupled with addiction. Mm-hmm. And so, in order for them to leave that lifestyle behind, they also have to be ready to get clean. Um, and so, that's it's sort of a twofold kind of situation. Like we have a lady that does come and see us and and she's very open about the fact that she is um she's out on the streets and she's hustling um she called us one night and we got her checked into detox and after detox so she's had four or five days she comes out and i'm like listen like you know if you're ready for next steps if you are interested in um going into sober living if you're interested in some type of shelter we can help facilitate those things for you um ultimately she chose not to and she is still in touch with us so the relationship is still there Mm -hmm. and that's that's very very much what it is for us is that we believe that um that the power of relationship fuels restoration if you think about just women in our lives in general. I mean, we encounter, that's that's certainly part of my story, is that I had women sort of love me out of the middle of my mess. Mm -hmm. And um, it was because of them, they were almost like, I called them my spiritual moms, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. because there wasn't the same kind of judgment or shame that you would feel maybe from your own mom, but they just they saw where I was and they chose to love me anyway. And it was because of my relationship with them that it really helped to set my feet back on the right path and that's what I share with with all the women that come into the office like, this is why I do what I do um, but we will um, do an intake assessment with them and like we had a lady we partner with an organization in town that sends women into the jails and they will identify women that have maybe had a history of substance abuse and um, subsequently also have a history of working in the commercial sex industry in some sort of capacity Uh, and they will refer those women to us. And so when we get them, we will do an intake with them, just get an idea of, like, what really has gone on in their lives that has led them to this point. Uh, And we will work to find them some stable housing. Um, A lot of times these women are coming out with nothing, like literally the clothes on their backs. Um, And so we'll get them placed. We will... um, Get them some food in, in the pantry because they don't have any of that. A lot of times they don't have ID. Um, then the next thing is going to be that they're probably going to need a mental health evaluation, medical assessment pretty quickly, um, and and counseling. And and I will be very honest with them. And I'm like, listen, you know, like I understand. I mean, I, I picked up a lady yesterday who just got out of jail, and she talked to me about her um, struggles with substance abuse and the pain of her childhood. And I'm saying to her like, I don't, I don't fault you at all for, for wanting to numb yourself mm-hmm. because, yeah. of the, because of the things that you have walked through right. from the time that you were five years old. And then she was, she left the house when she was 17. I'm like, I don't, I don't get this. So what we have, I mean, I, I do get why she does that. Mm-hmm. And what we have to do is we have to figure out how we manage your pain in a new way. Mm. And until, um, you know, and what, and really, what that is, is allowing Jesus to come in and to heal those places in your heart that are broken. And that's what He longs to do for each and every one of us. Um, but that is that is truly a journey. I mean, that is something that takes time. If we are reflectant back on our own lives, mm-hmm. like this has been a ten year process for me to right. get to where I am today. Um, and so sometimes they struggle because it's like, well, I want to be like way ahead of where I am right now. Why am I still, you know, struggling with these day-to-day thoughts and all these things? And I'm like, sweetheart, because this is about walking it out one day at a time mm-hmm. and making the, the next right choice, like this hour, this day. And as you do that, you'll find that the stuff in the past gets further and further behind you. But they need somebody in their life to say, like, you can do this. Let me hold your hand right. while, you, while you walk out these hard things, while you um, – work on living a completely new way right Um, and so we've done that we had about 57 women that came through the storehouse in 2018 Um, and all of them and some of them have been great victories and some of them have been for us tremendous heartache Um, but we are a seed-sowing ministry. And so I, I have to believe that I have stewarded them and I have loved them in that moment as Jesus would do, and, and I have to trust him that he's still got that person. Right. right. Yeah, and, and I will question. say,
0: like, when we were when we were there on Saturday, the most beautiful thing was, I guess I just expected to see, like, here's your stuff, go. You know, like, yeah. here here's your supplies, here's what you need. But what was the most um, touching thing to me was, that y'all really do focus on this relationship idea, which is what Jesus desires for, for all of us to have with him is a relationship, not just to live by these like strict rules. And so what I loved is you would take them into this room and just pray and just hear what they have to say. I think a lot of those women, I'm sure you know this better than I do, like just don't ever feel heard Mm -hmm. like what they're going through. It just doesn't matter. Um, So the, the most beautiful thing was watching y'all just listen to these women and then making their prayers known to God, like they are worthy of prayer. You know what I mean? Thank you. Yeah, because I just feel like a lot of them probably don't even like think God will listen because of all the X, Y, and Z that they've done in their past or like I can't even bring this to God because he's already forgotten about me. But that's just not the God we serve. And it's really cool to watch y'all
2: right love them like that it can be such a powerful thing to tell a woman or anybody um god's not angry at you yeah mm-hmm. god's not disappointed in you because it our culture our society like we're, we're not grown up we're not taught necessarily to think that way right. um we kind of we live in this in this culture where there are there are consequences for our actions you know and certainly yeah. um And he's just such a good and gracious God that he, his love for us um, is not bound by our poor choices. Right. right? You know, and that's, um, there's so much freedom in that. And it's, but it's, and again, it is a, it's a journey for them, for them to get there. And so we, gosh, that building we prayed over for a year before we took in our first, you know storehouse client that it would be a place where women would come in and their walls would come down and we see that happen it's amazing every every single time just just that they have had women come in and say to me and these are women that are you have solicited on back page and are like have sh- shot up heroin before they walked in the door and, the- and they'll come in and they're like, I don't know why it's so easy to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I do. Cause the Holy yeah. spirit is here yeah. and he's, you know, and um, we're just happy to be able to encounter you. The other really cool thing that I think you guys saw on Saturday was um the breakdown of racial barriers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That particular uh, group that came through on Saturday were some of our first, um first clients, first, first kind of group of ladies that came through and it's like we know their stories you know and it's and it's just very it's just very special to me to be able to love on them in particular because it's not I wouldn't encounter them right if it weren't for that setting right right you know that's so, so, so that's, true it's one cool. thing
0: um that we prayed for over a woman on Saturday together was this generational um I guess pull like it it they're tied down by their past and who, how they were raised, so can you explain a little bit about um yeah that how that works that's something that
2: we see quite commonly unfortunately is that um is that frequently we'll see a girl and and she is struggling with substance abuse addiction, but it's because she watched her mom do the same thing mm-hmm. um she watched her mom turn tricks to to supply her drugs and it, it was like we had a, a girl um not too long ago who started taking pills at the age of 12 oh my gosh um and she and her mom unfortunately died of an overdose about six months ago um we had another lady that um she was a heroin addict. Her mother was a heroin addict. She began to prostitute at the age of 14 mm. in order to be able to supply drugs to her mom because she couldn't stand to watch her mom be dope sick. Mm. Um, and and her mom also passed away from an, from an overdose. And it's like this terrible generational thing. It's a real, real thing. I don't know how to... To really like describe it in layman's terms, maybe, right. um, except to say that the enemy, you know, this, it does say in the word, like the sins of the father will be passed down to the next generation. And So that's some of the things that we're talking with the, about these to the, these women about is like you have the power and the authority through Jesus Christ to cut this off and stop this before it it transcends or passes down to your own children, um, teaching them and training them up in in that way is is Something that comes in our conversations, um, but it's just a very common thing. Unfortunately, if if that's what you have seen, if that's all you know growing mm-hmm. up, then it is it is a very short step to being to doing that yourself. It's just right. it's like that's just how life is. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, you don't know any different. Right,
2: right, right. and and believing that life could be different, believing that God has more for you than that. Um, I mean, you just think about all of the stuff that you have to undo
0: mm-hmm. in your mind
2: based, because of life experience in order to live in freedom. Um, and that's why I say, like, this issue is so, so complex. Um, it is. And until you really kind of get in there. So a lot of times people will ask us, well, how many women have you seen, you know, come out of this lifestyle? Or how many women have you seen come off the street? And I say, you don't understand I can't quantify, mm-hmm. um, in numbers, like what God's doing in somebody's heart mm-hmm. right? because it takes so much time. Like, you know, I tell, I use the onion analogy a lot. Like, I don't yeah. remember if I talked about this. Like layers, layers, yeah. Layers. yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Shrek. You know, and it's like, it's like the outer layers are kind of easy to peel off, but the inner layers, they, they're thicker and they're harder to pull apart and, um, it takes effort. It takes hard work, mm-hmm. and so
0: there's going to be some tears.
2: A lot yeah. of tears. <laughs> we have we have many tears. have been shed. Like we have cried with many women. Um, but also I believe that you can do it. Yeah, you know, and that's what they need to hear more than anything.
1: Yeah. So kind of backpacking off of that and how five fourteen works. Um. I know that it is it is this journey and it's the, these relationships and I'm sure that you and the women that work with you develop these like really deep relationships with these women and I'm sure that that can take a toll on mm-hmm. your everyday life and your family relationships. So yeah. what are some ways that you kind of take care of your own mental health and can separate what you do with? Right, you know your own life because right. I'm sure that can get pretty messy sometimes.
2: Yes, the, I think the beauty of it is, and this is just the goodness of God, is that it ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. Like we'll have we'll have seasons where we're super busy, and like the hurricane, for example, like we had some crazy situations happen right before uh, Hurricane Florence hit. But there are times too where it's like nobody's nobody's blowing my phone up, nobody's banging down the door. And and then I think to myself, or the enemy will tell me, like, "Oh, I did something wrong," like, mm-hmm. or I haven't done this right, or I need to do this. I, somehow, I need to fix this. And if I just sit back and I go, maybe God's just giving me a break because what we experience is so heavy. Heavy. Yeah. Um, and we also have um, I'm fortunate to work with an amazing team of people, so we we shoulder the burdens for each other. Um. I'm a big proponent of counseling myself like if I know that um I have this heaviness on my chest that I can't shake um I will go and, and sit with my person and and get that off I'm I'm in a season right now where I'm fasting and I'm journaling and um I think talking to the Lord just about the hard things that we've experienced um because when somebody told me like he is carrying this all the time. Right. So it's not your responsibility to carry it too. And that was very, very freeing for me. Um, I had some conversations like with our team about like, are we doing enough? And I said, you know, the answer is yes. And the answer is no. Um, Because I can very easily go to that place where I look at all of these things that need to be done and be overwhelmed and very anxious about all the things that that all the people that are out there that need to be touched and like, how do we posture ourselves to be able to receive these people? But if I do that and I'm operating not out of a place of rest, Mm. what good am I to these people? Mm. And so I have to be really okay with understanding um, what I'm capable of and being like, you know what, I can't touch that right now and that's okay because the lord has it he's right. he's got it all day long 100% and and i my job is to do um the best with what i have with what i can touch mm-hmm. um it's it's stewardship really and and yeah. um, and we've really have we've been very blessed to see how like out we've been so very faithful with um the little that we have that it has very naturally grown into this larger thing yeah. that you're seeing now and it's not and it, and it has been just because he said do this or do this um you know when we opened the storehouse which you saw on Saturday it was because we opened up we moved into this office building and um we had all of the stuff that we would normally take into uh, like hygiene products and things like that we would take to the ladies that we would see in the strip club and the lord said open a storehouse and use these things to bless your neighbors.
0: Mm.
2: And it, and that was a, a year long endeavor. Of what does that, what does that look like? Um, who are our neighbors? And, and kind of getting out there and figuring out partnering with the needle exchange that's down the street and um, me driving in my car and turning, making U-turns on market street. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Hey lady, where are you staying <laughs> right yeah. now? That sort yeah. of thing. Um, and, and really just out of faithfulness and obedience to what he's called us to do, that we've seen it grow into this, this beautiful platform uh, for women to come and, and, and be loved by him. Yeah, awesome. I,
0: um, I love what you said about how you kind of just have to do what you can with what you've been given. So what yeah. are some ways, if he, if listeners are listening and they're like, I want to get involved somehow with where they're at, Like, what what are some ways that they can help your ministry
2: I would say uh, we're always in need of items for our storehouse so if you want if you have a small group if you're a group of coworkers want to get together and um and begin and do a drive for those items so hygiene products anything that a woman really needs like to get ready for her day um, tampons and like sanitary pads pads are a a, a big item that we need underwear You would be surprised the number of women that are on the streets that don't have underwear. Mm-hmm. Um, Trying to think of other things. Um, right now, it's cold, so gloves, scarves, hats, things like that, um, are ways that just practically you can um, you can help us. Or if you wanted to take up like a collection of ten dollar gift cards to Walmart, mm. that's huge for us because the women that we see that come out of the the jails, they literally have nothing. So yesterday, my day looked like I'm going to pick this girl up. We're going to take her to the office. We're going to do intake. Um, Then i got to run down to the jail and get a picture of her sheet because she needs that to take to get her driver's license. Then we got to take her to the grocery store. She can't get any kind of medical assistance without an ID. Um, But they literally are coming out with nothing. So being able to, like, provide those things so they can go to Walmart and have some of their practical needs um, met is really helpful. We are probably in the first part of this year going to do – volunteer training we had one scheduled in the fall and um Florence happened and so that just went away with the wind Mm -hmm. um literally Literally. (laughs) (laughs) um but you know having people that come in and uh and work the storehouse like to because you saw the way it works we have personal shoppers that help the ladies to um get the items that they need that's that's where the relationship starts Mm -hmm. and um so we're we are in need of those things um as well. And and from there, you know, if you are it's kind of a growing process with a volunteer as well. Like the more we get to know you, um, we feel comfortable giving you the freedom to interact, or maybe you, you have a woman in particular that you just feel a connection with mm-hmm. and you want to reach out and encourage her and text her as well, like you know, we mm-hmm. would be set you up to do that. Um so that, I hope that answers yeah. The question. Oh yeah. yeah, that's yeah. That's okay. very
1: helpful. I'm sure we would we would have gotten those questions. So yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, and then we have a few questions that we want to just ask you personally afterward. Okay. But before we get that there, um, we talked with you guys the other day about some some of the most like substantial stories that you have. What would you say has been the most either like just either like disheartening or maybe the most encouraging type story that, of course, that you would feel comfortable sharing.
2: Yeah. um, I think I can share this because I I don't think they would ever likely hear this. Um, But before Florence in the summertime, we had two women that came to us. Um, I was getting my hair done and it's like nine o'clock in the morning and I get a phone call on the hotline and this lady tells me, that she is with another girl and they are sitting at McDonald's and they have a um, seven-week-old baby and a two-day-old baby. And they have nowhere to go um, that they had been asked to leave another shelter. um, And probably, you know, after the truth comes out, like they probably had broken some rules also. Mm -hmm. Um, But in that moment... You just have to respond because there are tiny children involved mm. too. Um, I'm going to try to like, kind of condense this story, but um, we went pick them up and talked to them. They they shared with us that they had been victims of trafficking in New York. That their abuser um, was the father of both of their children. Mm. So, so, and these children are born. Seven, six, seven, eight weeks apart, wow. um, and so they um, had fled New York. They were able to get away and um, come down to North Carolina, and and their babies were born um, in North Carolina. And they ended up in a uh, in a shelter that will accept mothers and children here. Um, but they had done a lot of work. To um, one of the ladies had a job, and they wanted to get into an apartment, and so we. Um, help to facilitate that for them. Um, and again, you know, you're thinking of, of the children and wanting to provide them with a stable place for mm-hmm. them to be. Um, and so we, we worked to get all of that done. And um, things went well for a while, and um, subsequently moms um, decided to, you know, let their addiction sort of take Take control of their thought process and their decision making, and um, we became very concerned about the well-being of the children because crack cocaine is highly, highly addictive. And if you are, if you know where to get it, the way that they have described it to me, these women, is that that's all they're thinking about mm-hmm. is is how am I going to get my next fix? And and I'm I'm out there on the streets and I'm running and I'm running and I'm running until I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were some situations, unfortunately, where DSS got involved, and um, DSS worked with them to to try to take, you know, worked out a plan so that they could keep their children. Um, and unfortunately, right before Hurricane Florence hit, I mean, like four days before Hurricane Florence hit, um, some things happened, and uh, DSS did take custody of their children. Um, They were placed in my home temporarily for three days um, while DSS worked out foster care. Wow.
0: Mm.
2: And that was one of the hardest things I've ever done because because I've talked so much about the importance of the relationship with these women and how is that going to impact them and that sort of thing. Um, And that was very, very hard. Um, But the social worker told me, Because there was a foster family that was evacuating and decided to take both of these children as they left. And God bless those people. Um, I have no idea who you are, but the Lord has a a special blessing in store for you. Um, And so the the social worker told me, she said, I'm not a very religious person, but I believe that the Lord is using you to intervene in the lives of these children. Wow. Um, And I don't believe that those children would have survived the hurricane. In the conditions that they were living in um and then you know talking with the moms afterwards and understanding what they were doing in the middle of a raging hurricane these kids would not have survived um so they are uh, still in the custody of foster care um the moms um reached out to us after the hurricane and we had some good conversation they were like listen like you were doing what you had to do and I don't have hard feelings towards you, mm. which was a huge wow. answer to prayer for me. Yeah. Um, we did end up taking one of the ladies to detox um, in Greenville. She really want, and I believe she wants to be a good mom. I truly do. But again, her mom was an addict. Mm-hmm. She's, she's the way that she's living her life is the only way that she knows yeah. right now. And she needs a complete reset. Um, but, she, we took her to detox. I didn't hear from her for maybe I don't know ten days, and something told me, go drive around in her neighborhood, and and I did that, and and she was sitting on the same corner, just like nothing had happened. Wow! And that that's hard, you know, yeah. because I've been through a whole lot of emotional stuff with you, um, and I don't I don't see the fruit right. of my labor here, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so that's, that's, that was an extremely hard situation. On the flip side, when we see the fruit, when we see um, just victory, um, it is extremely rewarding and it's, it's, it's very encouraging for us because it's like, okay, like I can keep doing this. You know we've had um, women come out of jail um, that we've worked with to be um, to get into um, sober living. Help get them jobs, and um we've got one girl that just is, is getting ready to celebrate a year of sobriety wow, and that, that's that's awesome. that's a huge deal for us, yeah. you know, and um just to be able to to be her friend, you know, and that's the way that we look at each other. It's not like I'm this organization, this nonprofit out here that has helped you, like you're my friend,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. and i
2: and I can say that to her um so that was that's been extremely encouraging, even last night. I was texting with a girl that I met probably two years ago um, when we were still doing strip club outreach. and she has been going to celebrate recovery and recognizing that she is um just very emotionally dependent and she has abandonment issues and all of these things and for her to be able to see that, but not but what's even greater to me is that this is two years later that we are still in relationship and we're still having these conversations mm. about like what the Lord is doing in your life. That's a blessing to me. Mm-hmm. That 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 lets me know like I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Absolutely. So awesome.
1: so. Well, we admire you so much. And when we left the other day, we all just got in the car and we were like, wow. Like <laughs> We're only there for two hours and we just felt like so much just kind of took over our emotions. So the fact that this is your daily Daily life is just so inspiring and encouraging to us, and Thank we can't
0: you. wait to work with you more. Yeah. yeah. So we've got um, three questions that we ask all of our guests, okay. and by all of our guests, I mean we will ask all of our <laughs> You're just the first one. You're just yeah. the first one. So um, we're going to start with you. Okay. okay. Um, the first question is, what is something that you're currently binging or obsessed with right now? Oh,
2: I feel, this is like a confession. Um, yeah. <laughs> I am watching on Hulu right now, Killing Eve with Sandra. Oh, oh, I heard that's good. It's, it's, I'm like fascinated. I was like in bed last night, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. I, um, to watch her. I do too. I, I don't know. Like, I, I just, I think I I was going through like a dry spell with, with a show. And so I got online and I was like, 10 best like streaming shows you should be watching right I now. I do
0: that. I, I feel like I search that like every week. Yeah. Like every yeah. Sunday I'm like, yeah. all right, what can I well, binge today? So that's,
2: <laughs> that's. that's that's what I'm consuming at the moment. Awesome. we got to <laughs> yeah. check that out for sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll
0: definitely have to check that out. Um, our second question is, what is something that you really love about yourself? Oh. Um, and this is not to brag. We yeah. The ministry that um, we're a part of, Soul Fitness, is... We want to empower these women to love the skin that they're in and truly um, see their worth. And so we practice this idea of shameless living. And so we just want you to acknowledge something that you really do love and value about yourself.
2: I don't know. I like my hair. There you go. Yeah. I like your hair too. It's really <laughs> cute. Like, three days of dry shampoo. Same.
0: <laughs> same. Okay. I'm so jealous of people with thick hair. I have the thinnest hair of all time. Like one of my nicknames in. Middle school was actually baldy. Oh, well. (laughs) It's fine. I'm still getting over it. But um, I have to shower like every eight hours. Because oh, okay. my hair gets so greasy. Well, I've
1: heard that's part of the problem. Like yeah. you have to like let it. You gotta like get it get let, used. You gotta to, be grungy for a little yeah. bit. <laughs> usually, like because we teach fitness classes, like usually I'm I have so to shower sweaty. at least every day. But the last couple of days, I've showered and not washed my hair, and it's actually been really nice. So yeah, to just dry shampoo yes. it up. So, but and I, it, it's I, time, I, like
2: we'll see how far I can stretch it too. I might, I might, you might see me running around town or with a hat on, and you'll know why. Like,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: Got some braids in there, some cornrows. Yeah. We know why.
1: Awesome. <laughs> All right, and then last question. What was the last question? It was what is something that you're looking forward to? Oh this yeah. Year? Oh um.
2: Hmm. Uh well to be um just like I don't know really real like my husband and I are gonna take a trip to to Napa. Um, yes, that's my dream vacation. In the spring. So that's I'm gonna go out there and celebrate. Um. My girlfriend's 40th birthday. She's my oldest friend. We've been friends since we were 14, so I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but (laughs) it's a long time. Um, So we're going to do that. So I'm excited about that because we've done this. We did this. We'll be married eight years in March. We did this uh, for our first anniversary. We went to... um, Bethel, yeah, and then we went to Redding, or I mean, to Napa, and then we went to San Francisco. And so we're gonna kind of do that same trip. We're gonna go oh, like fine. drink the spiritual wine, and then yeah. we're gonna drink the real wine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,
2: I love it. Um, so I'm looking forward to that, just from a practical standpoint. But I'm also just excited about I, I put some real things out, kind of laid them at the feet of the Lord, and um, so I'm just kind of sitting with an expectant heart believing that he sees me, he loves me, he didn't give me the, these desires to be cruel to me um and to see how he fulfills his promises. Like
0: amen. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's the perfect way to um end today is you are listeners, you are seen and you are known and you are loved and um whenever you don't feel that just believe that we believe in you. Yeah. Um, so we're going to wrap up today. Thank you so much for Thank you. coming on our podcast and being our first guest. That was incredible. Um, if Listeners, if you have any questions for Rebecca, we can forward those to her. Just email the Heart and Soul podcast at heart, A-N-D-S-O-L-E, at gmail.com good job you spelled it right thanks <laughs> last week i put i did y'all notice i mean you, i can't hear your answers but last week i said s-o-l-d instead of us and i was like instead dang it when i re-listened <laughs> to it but okay well thank you so much and everyone we hope you have the best week ever and we will catch you next time bye, bye. bye.